wirklich selber.
tell you this morning, I'm, I'm so thankful that we can take it to the Lord in prayer. Uh, yesterday, I, I just tell on myself because uh, if I told on you, you know, you'd get mad at me. But uh, I don't know nothing to tell on you. In any way, but yesterday, I, for some reason, I got uh, to a point, I just was mad, and I don't know why, we'd had a good time, we had a good day, and, uh, had to wait on my truck, and uh, didn't have to stay there for it, it was work truck, and but stayed home, didn't want to originally stay home, but just took the time while we were waiting, me and Nettie did some running around and stuff, and, uh, but this something come over me at one point I just I just got mad I don't know why and I was just I was at that point I told Ned I was just ready to explode and I don't know why but I took about five minutes to myself in the bedroom and I just prayed and I just just asked God to help me you know and uh, he did it just made a difference there but you know sometimes the devil he, he sees you Life's going along fairly good, and he just got to come in there and put his finger in something and try to pin you. And you don't know what's going on. You don't know why, but you just all of a sudden he's just present there. And here's the deal, church. You can either give in to it or you can get rid of it. And so I refused to give in to it and instead got rid of it. Uh, just took me a couple minutes to figure out how. You know, we forget sometimes it's just that simple, just turning to Jesus and just asking Him to help you. And so, you know what? Take it to the Lord in prayer. He's got an answer every time. And so, glad to be in God's house this morning. Glad you're here with us. I uh, do remember uh, Brother Don's grandson, Ethan, uh, back at the hospital. Hemoglobin's low. And uh, so... Uh, once they get him set back up, he's got to be good for at least seven weeks. And uh, for a 16-year-old, Brother Don says that's pretty hard. Uh, but, you know, uh, the old story is we've got this new term at our house. It's called parenting. You know what? When you become a parent, you got to learn how to parent. And uh, in my day, parenting was, uh, uh, well, it was just, you just knew it. Seem like today, sometimes you got to remind parents to be parents. You know, uh, be parents, parenting. But remember that. Remember Brother Chuck and Sister Rhonda uh, in your prayers as well. This morning, Sister Donna Arnold lifting her up, and all of those on our prayer request list. Any others you want to call by name this morning?
you just spoke that. Sister Rhonda said, remember that. Anybody else? All right, unspoken. I'm sure we've all got somebody. Stand this morning. You would us come this morning. Father, we thank you today for your love, your mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house, dear God. Pray, Lord, that you'd lead us, guide us, and direct us and draw us close to thee. Father, I pray this morning you just anoint and touch each and every heart that's here today, those unable to be with us, Lord. Touch those, dear God, that are sick and afflicted in the hospitals, Lord. Brother Chuck, dear God, just reach down and touch him, Lord Jesus, we ask. Father, Sister Rhonda, Lord, I pray this morning that you would help me. Uh, Father, those that uh, are searching that they'd find their answer in you. Dear God, I pray this morning, just lead us, Father, closer to you, closer one to another. Bless the offering, dear God, we pray. In Jesus' blessed name we ask, and amen, amen. Page 404 in your red book, Jesus is all the world can need.
tell you, I'm glad this morning that Jesus is my friend. And will be till the end. You know, you just, you just remember this. The Bible says we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, I'm not trying to be too honorary, but how many of you got brothers in here this morning? Not talking about brothers in Christ. How many of you got brothers here this morning? One. Where's the rest of our brothers at, you know? I can tell you this. I've got one in church. I've got one somewhere maybe in Oklahoma or in Arkansas. You know, I don't know where they're at necessarily. But I do know where my brother is as far as my joint heir, Jesus Christ. You know, you think about that. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, Jesus. And I'm so glad for that this morning. And I know this too. Love all my brothers in Christ, but I'll tell you what, Jesus is still closer to me than you. And you know what? There might be a time in my life when something goes so off the beaten path that you might abandon me, but he won't. He'll be right there trying to get me back on the right path. That's the way Jesus works. That's the way we're supposed to work. You know, but we think about it this way. Uh, we do have a friend in Jesus, and I'm so glad this morning he's my friend. Got a song this morning. Did you have one? Did anybody over here have one, Chris? Did you have one? Are you looking?
so true this morning. We'll look back across time sometime and we'll say there was never a time the Lord wasn't there. You know why? Because of His love. There's something about the love of God that the Bible talks about, you know, we have peace that passes all understanding. Well, that comes from the love of God that passes all understanding. When ye, we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And you know, uh, to you and I, that doesn't make any sense. But to God, it made absolute sense. All right. How do I get through 92 verses in 30 minutes? I don't use 92 verses, all right? I'm just going to tell you that front. But, I do want you to go to the book of Genesis in chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read a few verses of scripture this morning. And uh, we'll go along through there as the Lord leads us. But I want you to think about uh, this morning just listening to what thus saith the word of God. Okay, And what God has to say to us today. So if you would stand with us, we'll read one verse and then we'll get into prayer and then we'll go into the message in the beginning God the first four words of your Bible mean something church think about this for a second in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth father this morning I'm thankful today that you've started it I also believe dear God today you'll finish it Lord, in between time, it's my job and the job of these that are here, and it's our privilege, Father, to listen to you, to follow you, and to do your will. Lord, so that we will, in the end of the physical life, begin the spiritual life with a glorified body, and be forever with thee, instead of in a permanent body that is separated from thee, and lives forever in hell. Help us, Father, this morning to understand the difference. Do what is right in your eyes and hear your word. And we'll praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Can I tell you that, uh, and I guess I can because I will, because you listen or you won't listen. It's up to you. But as I see time going the way that it's going and things happening the way that they're happening, it it kind of makes my blood boil. Anybody have that problem when you see things going amiss that ought not be going amiss and people living lives the way they shouldn't live lives and, and ignoring Christ, ignoring God, and even not just ignoring them, but then coming in and really messing up the Word of God, changing it and modifying it and disobeying it and chopping it. And, I mean, just taking it. And, and people that you never thought going down... A road, but get going down a road, it just makes my blood boil. I don't like it. I get upset, brother Gary. I, I don't want to be on a uh, on that stump they call it. You know, I don't want to get out of my own stump. But sometimes I would just like to say to people, "What in the world is wrong with you?" And I know what's wrong with them. They stop listening to the word of the Lord. Or they don't listen to it to start off with. And can I tell you, it's an interesting thing this morning because 
I looked up, let me count them so I don't say the thing wrong, six words. And I have to admit, it got stirred up by listening to somebody else preach. And, and when I listen to other preachers, I start thinking about things that they say, and I start going down my own road. But something was said, and I don't even remember what he said. But it sparked me to think about this, and all the way down here this morning, I, I kept thinking about these words. The word of the Lord came. Now think about that for just a second, church. That's found in your Bible. Those six words are found 92 times. And by the way, they're only found in that form. The word of the Lord came 92 times in the Old Testament. What changed? In the New Testament, the word of the Lord came. You didn't get that, did you? Now I want you to think about this one more time. Those words are written in the Old Testament 92 times because in the New Testament, the word of the Lord came. Jesus came in the New Testament. And, and it doesn't make any, or it doesn't confuse me a bit because when I was thinking about this and I was thinking this thought and pondering this, I thought about this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then what did God create after that? Everything on the earth, including man. God created man. In Genesis, we find that God created Adam. And then we find that God destroys man except for Noah. And Noah and his family get off the ark in the fourth or the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis. And it says this, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark. Now when thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee be, bring forth uh, with, ev with everything, or the everything living thing that is with thee, all the flesh, both of the fowl and then of the cattle and of every creeping thing that is creepeth upon the earth, that they may breathe abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Now, now he was talking about all the animals, but he was also talking about Noah and his family being fruitful and multiplying upon the earth. After this happens, we find this, that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, and I'm not going to read every verse, and I'm not going to read everything around the verse. I just want you to understand, here's the first place this occurs in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. And it said, And after these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. What happens with Abram? He walks with God. He talks with God. He follows God. And Abram becomes Abraham. Of Abraham becomes the promise that he will have the seed that is spread throughout the world. I mean, as the stars in heaven, as the sands of the seashore, all of these things here, the Bible says that Abraham's seed is going to be that great, that plenteous, that most. Why? Abraham came from Adam. 
Adam came from God. Noah came from, I guess Abraham came from Noah. And his man, Noah came from Adam. Adam came from God. You go back with, from the beginning, God is making the seed go forth. Be fruitful and multiply. God knew that there would be people upon the earth. He knew that there would be people like you and people like me. And God understood that there would be differences between all of us. I mean, after all, I'll say this. If everybody looked like me, it would be no fun in the world. Everywhere you look, all you see is yourself. Now, some people would like that. They're stuck on themselves. I'm here to tell you. I'm too ugly to look at myself all day. My wife may appreciate me, but after a while, I'm telling you the truth, they'd get sick. If everybody looked like me. If everybody would look like you. But you know what? We all look like God. When God created us in his image, created he them, male and female, created he them. God knew what he was doing. And so we look at the word and we're sitting here, what has this got to do with anything? God tells Abraham not to be afraid. God tells Abraham that he's his shield. God says, I am thy great or exceedingly great reward. And then you go on down into verse 4 of the same chapter. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. Now think about this, church. God was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And here is the, there's conversation that is going on through this time frame here. God is not silent. God is talking, but there's very few things going on. But when we get to the 15th chapter, it starts to begin to be specified that the word of the Lord is coming. And so it says, and the word of the Lord came and spoke unto Abraham. And you go through there, all through the Bible here, You'll find this, if you started there, you go down into, and I'll just read it to you. In, in, in Genesis, then it jumps to Samuels, and it goes to Kings, and from Kings it goes down to Chronicles, from Chronicles to Jeremiah, from Jeremiah it goes down to Ezekiel, from Ezekiel, and it's a bunch, and Ezekiel, it ends up this, Daniel, Jonah, Haggai, Zechariah, and God stops talking. Say, what do you mean, Brother Arnie? It's no longer recorded, and the word of the Lord came. Why? Because the word of the Lord came. I want you to understand something this morning, church. Jesus came. And that's the whole reason you and I are here this morning. The whole purpose of being gathering together into the house of God it is the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ came. Let me, let me get over here into the New Testament. In John chapter 1, where I was supposed to start, but I started in Genesis instead because that's where the Lord put me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to look at that. And the word of the Lord came. 
The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he sent not his son into the world that, that, that condemned the world, but the world through him might be saved. It says that we beheld him as the only begotten of the son. He said, John says, that which we held with our hands, we seen with our eyes all throughout the New Testament. It's recorded how that Jesus was seen and Jesus was heard. And Jesus had a testimony that, that just went from one place to the other. God said, thou shalt call him a Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And thou shalt call him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us in the beginning. God created and when God got to the point where he needed to do or it was time to do what he was going to do he sent his son into the world and we say this in in this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and where was the word and the same was with him in was in the excuse me and the same was in the beginning with God so when we go back to Genesis, it says, let us make men. Jesus was there, church. What a mystery. Somebody say, well, where was Jesus? He was with God. In the beginning was God. God was what? He was the word. So what happened when God began to speak in Genesis? It was the word. Look at what he just said. The same was in the beginning with God. Church, all things were made by him. You and I were made by the word. Jesus had a hand in creation. He had a hand in our creation. He knows what's going on. God is, God is with us in the form of Jesus. God with us. Jesus is obedient to the Father, but Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Why do I say this morning that I am Adam's seed? In all, Adam died. Now, if I wasn't of the seed of Adam, and if you weren't of the seed of Adam, you would have to be of a different seed. But in all, Adam, in all of Adam, Adam and all, they all die. But when you get a new life, who are you in? If Christ be in me and me in Christ, I live forever. Big difference there. You got you to gotta choose a team, church. You got to choose a way. You got to choose a real purpose of your life. You got to... I mean, I mean, there's got to be a decision made somewhere for Jesus in your life. And that decision that is made for Jesus changes your life. And don't modify it. You ever thought about that? I modified my truck. That's right. I put step bars on it so I could get in it easier. I modified it. Didn't change it. Just modify it. But when Jesus is in you, you're no longer modified, you're changed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away and all things are made new. I'm not modified, I'm changed. I'm different. 
It's not the same. It's, it's a new creature in Christ. Oh, the body is here. Why? Because the body was made to die, but the soul was made to live. I, I, I like to stay here longer than men's a lot of days. Why? I really don't know why that song says that. I, I'll be honest with you. I want to get to the chorus. Oh, yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we write songs that we don't understand all the reasons why the songs are there, the words there. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. As a child of God, I don't know a child of God who says, I'd like to stay here longer than God's a lot of time. Instead, we're saying, I'd like to go with God as soon as he's ready to come and get me. And sometimes we go, I don't know why God led me here so long. I remember Sister Belva. I don't know how many times she told me that whenever she'd sick. And we, I was over there at the house one morning. And, and, and she was sick. She wasn't doing good. And she said, well, I, I don't know why God's left me here so long. And I said, because I needed to know you. That's why God's left you here so long. I needed to meet you. Sister Belva Brown made an influence in my life. I, I can remember the Sunday morning she was getting ready, and the, the same Sunday morning she was getting ready to take to the hospital. And, and I think it was Brother Philip come down there, and he said, he said, church service is ready to start. And I, I was like, all right. And Sister Belva goes, you're all right right where you're at. I told Brother Philip, I said, you guys take care of it. I'm right here. I needed to meet her. Why has God left you here so long? There's, there's only one of two things. Either we needed to meet one another or you need to get right. Now think about that one for a second. There's either there's a purpose of us being together is for the sake and the glory of God or we need to get into the glory of God. And I'm not talking about a relationship that says, well, I know God and I understand. Jesus said, these people draw nigh to me with their mouths, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Do you understand what happens, church? When you get a heart transformation by Jesus, things change. The problem today is we have a knowledge of God, but we're not coming to the truth of God. And the truth of God would change us. The church needs to be awakened in this aspect. There don't need to be members in body. They need to be members of the body. The body of Christ. The word of the Lord came telling them all through the New Old Testament what God was doing, what God wanted to do, what God's promises was. Every time the word of God came, it either told them to be good, straighten up, or get ready or confess up, or it told them, hey, I'm here. But when we got into the New Testament, the word of the God, the word of the Lord came in the form of Jesus Christ. And when he came down here, it was for you and I to have a transformed life. Church, we no longer are depending upon anybody else going into the holy of holies making the right sacrifice for Jesus Christ himself went there and made a sacrifice unto God which was pleasing to God the last sacrifice ever had to be made and all you and I today got to do is wake up accept it and get ready to go up but we're too busy messing it up
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jeremiah chapter 44. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb. Now I want to tell you right here, right now, and I'm going to get off, I'm going to step out, I'm going to get on my soapbox, I'm going to say something. I said it Wednesday night, maybe not everybody heard me, so if you're here this morning, I'm going to hear you, I want you to hear me. All those folks out there in other churches saying that God accepts abortion as women's health care are liars. They're sheeps in wolves' clothing. They're false teachers. They're false preachers. They're false prophets. I don't care what you want to call them. They're liars. God did not accept abortion as one of his things. It's an abomination. God hates it. I'll tell you something else while I'm here. Little babies don't belong in the hands of two men or two women. Turns my stomach. Another one of those things that God hates and I hate too. God knows who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be His, His children. We're supposed to want Him and follow Him and love Him. And I'm telling you, church, God is sick of this world that denies Him and hates Him. And changes his word. He said, I am God. I change not. Why does not change, church? People are changing his word all the time. I'm just telling you, God's sick of it. You and God don't got your own thing going. You and Jesus ain't got it worked out. You either get it right with him or you're not going to get in. It's not something you can make up along. When the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, it means make sure you're saved, not because somebody told you, because you know it, because you're the one who accepted Jesus Christ. You're the one following the word of God. You're the one who knows what he's saying to you. And friend, listen to me. God's not telling you to go do something wrong and telling me to go do something right and telling us we're both going to heaven. You got to all go the right way. One day the sheep are on the right hand and the goats are on the left hand. And church, I'm telling you something. I don't care what the goat says. It ain't going where the sheep are. Back in First John, or John chapter 1 rather, St. John, not First John, St. John, John chapter 1. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a wit for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Church, you don't have to go back to the second verse of this Bible to see that. All you got to do is go back to the very first verse of this Bible. And let me tell you something. Be very careful here because my Bible is right. And why is it right? Because it's the Word of God. It's the King James. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was out formed and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, and when God spoke, it started. When God speaks, it's stopping. I was reading about Lake Mead last night. He's talking about how small it's gotten. It's dropped 53 meters, 170 some odd feet, 10 inches, and whatever the other calculation is, whatever 53 meters are. Since it's high level in 1999. By the way, they'll tell you 1983, but if you listen, he says in 1990. Nine, it was at its full capacity, the same as it was in 1983. And then they say that climate has changed it. Well, it wouldn't be that seven states and 40-plus million people are drawing the water off of Lake Mead and they're generating power for the same there through Hoover Dam. That, that would not be the reason that the lake is shrinking, would it? Come on, church. How much rain does it take in one area to fill a lake to capacity when 40 plus million people are drawing off of it through seven states? And by the way, they all run in air conditioners. Everything's about climate change. There's only one person can change climate, and that's God. I'm going to tell you something. God is changing the climate. He's trying to make it hot enough that some of us will get out of the heat and get into the salvation. But stop listening to people who tell you if you spray your aerosol can, the climate's going to change. If you drive your car down the road, the climate's going to change. As a matter of fact, I'll just tell you this. Cows put out more flagellant climate-changing carbons than we do. And that's why they say we ought not eat meat. Well, what are they going to do with the cows? They can't kill them. They need the milk. Just saying. Brother Ernie, why are you on that soapbox? I'm just telling you the word of the Lord came and nobody's listening to me. You and I gather here this morning. I'm just, I want to ask you, how, how, how are you listening to God? Are you, are you really paying attention to what thus saith the word of God? And, and I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not going to bring anything up. I just want you to understand something. This Bible is not silent. It's just that we've shut it and no longer listen to it. And yet the word speaks constantly to our hearts and to our souls. The, the, the Holy Ghost is present in the lives of those who believe. And he's also present working on those who don't believe. How do you know? Because my Bible says that he will reprove the world of their sin. Nobody gets to go through the world without being convicted at least once by the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you this, I guarantee at least twice because the Bible says the Lord speaketh once, yea, twice, yet no man regardeth. Oh, tell me. 
Testament, New Testament, you and me, and yet nobody wants to listen. You say, well, Brother Ernie, I'm listening. I'm asking you the question this morning, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why? Because, listen, we need to band together. And too many times we're saying, that's enough for me. i got enough. He goes on. He says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. And, and I, I'll tell you something. Something hit me when this morning, when I was thinking about that verse that I was going through there. And, and I, it is one of those glory moments, Sister Donna. And here's Sister Barbara sitting there close to me. I think you would get this. It was one of those glory moments. He came into his own. <laughs> Anybody getting that yet? Remember what I said. I came from Abraham. Abraham came from Noah. Noah came from God. Or Noah came from Adam. And Adam came from God. He came into his own. Now, I'm not sidetracking the thought about this, but I want you to understand, we always go, well, he came to Israel, right? He came to the Jews. No, he was dealing with the Jews. He was of the Jews. He come down through that there lineage there, and you think about all of this there, but, but here's the deal. He came unto his own. And you and I are all the creation of God. He came, that verse was not implying that he only come back there to Israel. He come to you and me too. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And yet the Bible says, yet as many as received him, gave he them the power to become the sons of God. Somebody ought to say amen on that one. Because what happened? The power of Christ got on you, it got on me, and I become a child of God. That ought to be enough to be happy about for just a minute. The word of the Lord came. Written through the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the word of the Lord came. And we beheld him as the only begotten Son of God. He came unto his own, and in his own receiving. He showed up this morning, and he's coming to you and me. And the question is, what are we going to do with him? What are we really going to do? something, church. He showed up this morning. He's still here. He's still coming. He, I mean, just think about it, church. He, he, he's not absent. He came. Now you got to go all the way back to Genesis again, right? Let us make men in our image. John says this. 
Jesus said, I go unto the Father, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you another comforter. Let us. Hey, church, the Holy Ghost is right there in the beginning. 1 John 5, 7, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Better get your King James out for that one. He's still here. Amazing thing we think about, huh? We always think about, we're gonna, well, one of these days we're going to see Jesus. We will see Jesus one of these days by the grace of God. But you know what? He's still here. The word of the Lord came, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. But, but Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. Enoch walked with God, and Enoch was not, for the Lord took him. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we go through there, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going. And finally, we got the Word all the way down through there, and we get to the New Testament, and Jesus comes. The Word of the Lord came. Pick on preachers. But one time, Brian told me, he said, the preacher had said something about only, only men. There'll only be men in heaven. Something like that. Maybe I'm confusing it. Because it doesn't say that there's daughters of God. Well, in the New Testament, we read a little further there, it says, in another place, it says, they are the sons and daughters of God. By the way, I had to look that one up, find it. That when I was told, I said, wait a second, I've read that before. I'm not trying to leave you ladies out, you sisters out. You're vital to God. God, God used women throughout the Bible. Matter of fact, the book of Proverbs, the virtuous woman, that's a woman not only being used of God, but a woman that God is using and loves it. But can I tell you this, not to be too honest, she knows her place. Women don't like that one. Know your place. Can I tell you something, ladies? Know your place. You know why? Because men need to know their place, too. We're sons, adopted, joint heirs, daughters, adopted, joint heirs, but we are not God. We have no business rewriting God's law, God's word. And, and listen to me carefully where you're going, brother. Listen to me carefully. When it gets in your heart and changes your heart, you'll do things different. You'll think different. You'll act different. Can I tell you, the world is creeping in on the children of God today. The Bible tells us there will be a great falling away. And nobody believes that, by the way. And I say that carefully in this aspect there. We'll say, yeah, I believe that. But you know what? It's happening. It's happening. People are not serving God the way they one time did. They're not loving God the way they one time did. They're not studying the Word and reading the Word and praying over the Word and rejoicing in the Word the way they one time did. 
in the days when there was no air conditioning in the church, the church houses would fill up. Well, Brother Ernie, there wasn't very many churches. There's church pastors. They only had a certain time of year. Hey, let me just say this, church. The more people they got, the more comfort they wanted, and the more comfort they got, the less people that came. You know why they shouted in the old days? The pews were too hard to sit on for 30 minutes. They had to get up and stretch their back, Brother Shalia. So they thought, might as well throw my hands in the air and say amen. Have we lost the fact that the word of the Lord came? And the change that he made in our lives? He came into his own and his own received him not, but as many as accepted him, gave he them the power to become the sons of God. He was in the world, and the world knew him not, yet the world was made by him. Not anything that's made was made without him. I, I'm just telling you, church, Jesus knew you from the beginning, and he knows your end. Here's the difference between Jesus and us. We don't know our end. But if in this life only we have the hope of Christ Jesus, we are most men, all men most miserable. Why? Because we think we can only have him here. I'm hoping for my eternity. Not, not for my temporary. I want a glorified body, not a permanent one. I, I was telling Sister Dean that this morning. I had to get those words fixed in my mind. A glorified body, not a permanent one. Why? You're going to live one place or the other. One will be glorified. It'll be in heaven. They won't know anything that's wrong. The other will be in hell and know everything that's wrong. You, you ever thought about it, church? There are no cripples in heaven. Think about this for a second. I, 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 Lucas, and, and, and you, can, I just, can I please just go for a minute? I know it's after 12. Give me a minute. Little Lucas is crippled because his earthly dad stepped on his head when he was a baby. And, and now he's
Brother Arnie, nobody wants to. The only way you're not going is to know the word of the Lord and let him come. Come in your life and change it. Not modify it. Not make it a little different. But change it. Why, why am I miserable when I'm not where in prayer? Why am I miserable if I'm not reading the Bible? Why am I miserable if I'm not listening to preaching? Why am I miserable if I'm not at church? Why am I miserable if I'm not right with my wife? Why am I miserable if I'm not right with my, my family? Why am I miserable if I'm not right with you? Why am I miserable because I'm not right with God? You want to stop being miserable, get right with God. You may not be right with everybody else, but not everybody else likes God. But who cares if not this lady? Who cares if they don't like you because you, you love God and they don't? Would you not rather admit that God be in good shape with you and you be in good shape with God than to be in good shape with the world? And the Bible tells us to be free for the world is to be an enemy of God. And I'm telling you this morning, pastor, pastor, make you free for the world instead of getting right with God and they're going to hell. Church, it's time to serve God. Make a choice. Choose it. The word of the Lord came all through the Old Testament. Somebody else had to tell you something. God would come down and tell them, and they would go tell the people. But then in the New Testament, the word of the Lord came, and he told us. What are you going to do with the word of the Lord? What do you do with Jesus? Would you stand this morning? Father, I thank you, dear God, today for your love and mercy. Thank you, God, for being who you are. God, thank you for opening my eyes. Lord, I would that I would see clearer than I've ever seen understand better than I've ever understood. I'll be everything Father you want me to be. Lord I pray touch my family touch church family help us dear God I pray help us dear God Jesus' name. The desire to come before we close this.